Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I'd like to discuss one more false conclusion about your report that's made its way into the MAGA Republican talking points. Some of my colleagues across the aisle have started calling this the, quote, Russia hoax. It's the theory that Russia did not actually interfere in the 2016 presidential election. That is patently false. Uh, no, that's uh, not what the Russia hoax is about. You fatuous, corpulent, lizard-like liar. No, the Russia hoax is that President Trump colluded with Russia and Russia colluded with the Trump campaign to get him elected in 2016. There's never any question that Russia has tampered in our elections since the 1920s. They've tampered every time. You guys tried to tie it around President Trump's neck and the neck of the Trump campaign. That's the Russia hoax. So now he just changed, that's uh, uh, Jerry Nadler, of course, just changed the terms of what the Russia hoax is. And by the way, I've got, I've got friends in uh, all kinds of places, high and low. Jerry Nadler, as a member of Congress, would throw temper tantrums and yell at the U.S. Capitol Police when they said they weren't free to drive him to fast food, fast food restaurants. <laughs> this is true. This is actually true. Now, he would go and say, you know, I'm everybody, I need, and he's, you know, Jerry Wadler. They call him Jerry Wadler, and I call him the Penguin. I've, <laughs> I've always called him the Penguin because he walks like, he's more the Burgess Meredith the Penguin from the Batman TV show rather than the Danny DeVito Penguin from the movies, right? And he walks like Burgess Meredith, you know, with the Penguin walk. He does. Next the, week, the Penguin waddles again. That's right, and... And uh, President Trump calls him uh, Waddler, right? He calls him Waddler. Instead of Nadler, he's Waddler because uh, he's had some issues over time. But he has actually thrown a fit on Capitol Hill when U.S. Capitol police officers uh, inform him that they're busy uh, being police officers on Capitol Hill and aren't free to drive him to fast food restaurants. I also have a, uh, I used to do a lot of uh, Fox News hits long ago on uh, the Megyn Kelly show and other shows and the Tucker Carlson show. And, and I would do a lot of uh, hits on the Fox News channel. And I'm aware of an incident where Jerry Nadler had been invited to be on Fox News and he was in the green room. They call it the green room where you're waiting to go on TV. He was in the green room and the producer went to get him, went to get him because, hey, uh, Congressman, it's time for you to go into the, into the studio and sit down and uh, got there and he was gone. And he was gone. And so where did Jerry Nadler go? And the people in the green room said, I don't know. He just, I think he headed over to the elevators. So the producer ran over frantically trying to find him, got in the elevator, went downstairs, and uh, went looking out front. They found him at the Roy Rogers. He left the green room. He was standing by. <laughs> and he was at the Roy Rogers. He's got an eating disorder. And, uh, <laughs> and he yells at the U.S. Capitol Police. <laughs> 
<laughs> when they refuse to take him to a fast food restaurant. <laughs> the guy's got issues. <laughs> the penguin waddles again. Man, oh, man. All right, now let me get to, uh, let's get to the mailbag. Let's get to the mailbag. And I've got more on Hunter Biden and his, uh, his income and, and his taxes and the New York Times lying for him. They're spreading this lie. I was making fun of it earlier today, and the New York Times is spreading the lie again, that, uh, that Hunter Biden went into a downward spiral after his brother Bo died and got addicted to drugs. That's a lie. But the New York Times is reporting it again today. They love the lie. They're big liars. They're the New York Times. Stealing people's mail, stealing people's mail. It's the dead Kennedys. So you got a little dead Kennedys in uh, here and there because you, know, you got to keep the dead Kennedys alive. Stealing people's mail, holiday in Cambodia, all kinds of great hits. All right, let's get to the mailbag. P.T. Gramble sends us this question. What is your take on having a convention of states? The convention of states. That's a uh, good, serious, and intelligent question from P.T. Gramble. And uh, let me say the short answer is I'm entirely in favor of the Convention of States. The Convention of States is, and I've got I've to say that my, um, I was first made aware of the Convention of States and the desirability of the Convention of States uh, as a result of listening to the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, um, who has a new book coming out, actually, coming out soon. It's not out yet. But Mark Levin is an advocate of and supporter of the Convention of States. The Convention of States uh, is provided for under the as a, sort of the final check in our system of checks and balances under Article 5 of the Constitution, where the state legislatures would gather uh, to amend the Constitution to protect the American people from a corrupt and failed federal government because the founders of this country were such extraordinary geniuses. They were so amazingly bright. So many ways, the Electoral College, genius, why the left hates the Electoral College. It is an impediment to their power, which it was designed to be uh, on the coasts uh, today in particular. But the Convention of States provides for the uh, state legislatures to gather to amend the Constitution, and, and because of the national debt and the growing power of the national bureaucracy. Uh, Mark Levin, among many others, uh, calling for a convention of states under Article 5 of the Constitution to check the power of the federal government. And I think it is an entirely appropriate measure to be taken at, uh, at this moment in our history. This is exactly what the Convention of States was, was built in by the geniuses into our Constitution. To, uh, to act in a time like this when our federal government has stopped listening to the people, stopped acting responsibly, behaving responsibly, uh, fiscally, uh, and in terms of their growing power, their ever-growing power, which our founders designed to be limited. They wanted Washington power to be limited, uh, power of the states to be greater than the power of the central government in Washington. And uh, Article 5 of the Constitution provides for a convention of states, and uh, and it would be, and I heard about it, and again, I heard, I first heard about it from Mark Levin on the radio, the great one, and um, a brilliant man, a brilliant mind, a great writer, a great talk show host, and a great guy to hang out with, uh, and he's funny, he's funny as, uh, funny as all get out, 
But um, I read about it after uh, Mark Levin uh, talked about it, and and uh, he speaks clearly and eloquently, and uh, as a uh, legal scholar and an author on the subject, and uh, I, I I support the Convention of States completely. I think that. Uh, and there's a petition you can find online, a petition where you can sign on to the, uh, the movement uh, calling for a convention of states. It is, again, to check the power of the federal government, which clearly is off the rails in 2023 and has been for some time. So I think it's uh, well past time. Now, Mark Levin, he's got a new book coming out, and it's... Uh, I think it's uh, coming out. Is it? It's uh, next month or or the month after. It's called. It's great. Mark Levin, the Democratic Party. Excuse me. Let me correct myself. The Democrat Party hates America. That's the title of the book. A very catchy title. Very succinct, as always, with uh, the great one, Mark Levin. The Democrat Party hates America. That's the book, and it tells you what the book is about right there on the on the cover. And that's important. That's good stuff. All right, back to the mailbag. And everyone is looking forward to reading Mark Levin's next book. Now, uh, The Democrat Party Hates America. (laughs) That's a great, great title. Uh, Rosemary Wilkerson sends in, Your brother Dan, my brother Daniel, I've spoken about him here many times, and I've played clips from some of his news stories. My brother Daniel uh, we, uh, uh, growing up, called him Dan Dan the Anchorman. He's Dan Dan the Anchorman. And um, he's a news reporter uh, in San Diego, California. San Diego. That's German. And uh, uh, Rosemary Wilkerson says, Your brother Dan does such a great, great job on KUSI, as Daniel's television station in San Diego, California. Your brother Dan such a great, does, does such a great job on KUSI here in San Diego. When are you going to have him on your show? That's a fun question. It is a fun question, Rosemary. And I haven't had him on my show as a guest. Um, I've played clips of his stories because he's done amazing stories about the border and tunnels and drug cartels and smuggling people, human trafficking, which Democrats are in favor of. And, uh, And he does a great job. And he does an amazing job on homelessness in San Diego and the failures of the state government and the city and county governments to deal with uh, many issues that they have in San Diego, which is a great city, but lots of issues. If you spend some time with the Border Patrol, you'll find a complex formula to keep the border safe. It takes more than a fence. It takes people, a resource that is in short supply. Brother Dan, Dan Dan the Anchorman, uh, San Diego, California, KUSI, doing a great job. When are you going to have him on your show? You know, I should uh, have him on. Sound like he was recording in the field there, I could tell by the microphone. Because uh, he's, you know, usually out in the field recording down by the border and things like that. Uh, but I'm going to think about that, Rosemary, and thank you for saying nice things about my brother Dan at KUSI in San Diego. And he's a great guy, and we're, uh, we're great friends. And we, uh, we have uh, wonderful text threads going uh, every day and uh, talk on the phone verbally at least every week. Uh, this young lady over here is giving me evil looks. What's going on? I think you're an obnoxious little man. Maybe she thinks I'm an obnoxious little man. Why is that? I think you're trying to incite things. I'm asking real questions. No, I don't think you're asking. No, those aren't real? Those are not real questions. I disagree with you. I think hey, well, it's incite ratings for your TV show. Oh, ratings for the TV. Is it working? You tell me. 
<laughs> that was at a Hillary Clinton rally. There was a, and the Hillary supporters. <laughs> Were they looting? Did they loot anything? Probably. All right. Uh, next question from the mailbag. Uh, David W. I'm going to eliminate David's last name because he reveals that uh, he's an intelligence officer. So David W. says, who is the mysterious Mike the Lib? How do they get their minds so frazzled? Workplace propaganda? I think I know who he might be because he sounds and responds exactly like this someone who I did the type of work that Mike says he did. Now, here's the thing. Mike, we know that Mike, the lib, is now retired. U.S. intelligence officer for the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, right? Which, if you watch the TV show I Spy with Bill Cosby and Robert Culp, that was a long time ago. They were, they were DIA. They I'm were, a Russian intelligence officer, and I want you to betray your country. That's, see, that's Mike the lib right there. And uh, since David uh, revealed in his question that he did the same kind of work, I assume that David uh, also an intelligence officer. So I don't want to give his last name because he might be living quietly. You know what I mean? So, um, and I'm conscious of uh, that sort of stuff. So because he sounds and responds exactly like this, someone who I did the type of work that Mike says he did, you should get him on your Newsmax show says David W. <laughs> Get Mike the Lib. <laughs> Ukraine was Russia. <laughs> Give it back to Russia. There's, uh, I've asked him if he's the guy that came up with the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq thing. He says he's not. Um, he did misspoke. He did misspoke. That's exactly right. And uh, it is Gawan Michael. Garowan Michael. It's uh, something like that. Uh, uh, sends in the question, what would it take for Biden slash the Biden family to go to prison for the plethora of crimes they have committed? Um, it would take um, maybe an act of God and a miracle of some kind and a news media that would report the news and inform the American people as to the, the millions of dollars coming from just Ukraine alone, not to mention China, millions of dollars coming from China. Uh, uh, Joe Biden being the big guy in the emails, the laptop. You know, honestly, the most corrupt institution in the United States of America is the news media. And as long as you got all of them, pretty much all of them, in your corner, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, but Congress could get there. And, and honestly, we need a special counsel. We need a special counsel. Enough already. And that's we need a special counsel to go... After the Joe Biden bribery, it's right there. Article 2, Section 4, impeachment in the Constitution. Treason, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors. Um, you know, he'd have to be nailed on the millions and millions of dollars and uh, using his power corruptly in exchange for the money. And that, you know, going to prison still probably wouldn't happen. Still probably wouldn't happen. I've got uh, several more questions from the mailbag coming up as well. And I have breaking news for all my fellow Americans. Joe Biden's dangerous plan to force Americans into a digital dollar goes live in a matter of days now. No matter what they tell you, it's not something that's going to help you or me or anybody else. If you don't take action today, it might be too late. The Federal Reserve is being deployed in phases with the initial launch taking place on July 1st, coming up in a matter of days. It's called Fed Now. 
and a whole lot of Americans are going to be taken completely off guard. Everything you've ever worked for is at stake, but don't let that worry you. There is a way for Americans to legally opt out of the digital dollar before it's too late. Start by calling my friends at American Alternative Assets, and you're going to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will educate you on how you can protect yourself from the failing dollar in a volatile stock market with gold and silver IRAs. Just call them today at 888, the number 4GOLD20. Call them now. 888-446-5360. Don't let Joe Biden and his lunatics force you into the government's new digital dollar. Call 888, the number 4GOLD20, 888-446-5360. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. Seek your own legal tax investment and financial advice before opening an account. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, more uh, questions from the mailbag. And then uh, the New York Times lying and um, and updates on uh, on Hunter Biden getting away with it all for now. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear, around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Abby Gal, back to the mailbag. Abby Gal says... Who go, who's going to keep us company on your show and on the right squad while you're relaxing on the sea cruise? Please say Jen Pellegrino. We love her. And Michael Pelka. Hope you and your best girl enjoy your trip. Thank you very much, Abby Gal. I appreciate that. We most certainly will enjoy our trip. We're, uh, we're flying to uh, Barcelona on uh, Friday after the radio show. And um, Mike Opelka is sitting in on the radio show. Mike Opelka, who, you know, we grew up a couple blocks from each other as kids uh, when I was uh, a, a young kid. And the Opelka family, eight kids. Um, we went to the, me, uh, my family, six kids. And we went to the same Catholic school for a while. Mike Opelka is great. I believe Jen Pellegrino is going to be on vacation at the same time that I'm on vacation. And truthfully, I'm not sure who is going to be in my uh, chair at uh, Newsmax for the 9 p.m. Eastern show on Newsmax, The Right Squad. Just have to tune in to find out. That's what's going on. More coming right up. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back. 
along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. All right, a, uh, uh, two more mailbag questions and then back to Hunter Biden and the corrupt Biden family organized crime syndicate. Who did I hear? There was a member of Congress today calling him the Biden crime family, which uh, I think I started and uh, long, long ago. I, maybe I didn't because, you know, it's it's natural to call them that. But I wouldn't want to take credit for something I didn't start uh, like some people do. <laughs> but that's OK. All right. So. Um, yeah, the last one was Abigail about the sea cruise and yeah, Mike Opelka, and I don't know who at Newsmax. We'll have to find out. Greg then asks, do you think the D.C. Metro should be privatized? Privatized. Well, I, 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 here, here's the thing. Michael and I, Michael Pierce and I talked about this, and I think any company that, um, you know, if you propose taking over the D.C. Metro, it would be the biggest nightmare uh, that any company ever took on. The D.C. Metro is in Washington, D.C., where you have the D.C. government, which is insane, and the federal government, which is, you know, the claw of death. Then you've got the Metro going into Maryland, into multiple counties in multiple directions out of Washington, D.C. So you have the Maryland state government, Democrat governor, uh, Montgomery County, left-wing radicals, Prince George's County, left-wing radicals, and then it goes into Virginia, into multiple counties there, now all the way out to Dulles Airport. And so you got the airports authorities. It goes to Reagan Airport. Um, I don't think any company in their right mind would want to take this on because you'd have to have 10,000 people just to deal with the bureaucracy. In the meantime, they're losing money. You got the homeless people in there. You got people jumping turnstiles, which the Democrats tell you is okay and you shouldn't do anything about it. You got uh, crime skyrocketing all over D.C., and I just read some of the crime stats from D.C., from the D.C. police union uh, earlier today. But with the various jurisdictions, the state of Virginia, the state of Maryland, Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, the various counties in Maryland and Virginia, uh, and the federal government, (laughs) I don't think any company would want to take this on. And it's a money loser uh, big time, and I just don't know if anyone... I would want to take that on. Uh, would it be better off if it were privatized? I'd, uh, it would be, you know, and then sometimes you ride the Metro and it's perfectly nice and it's just fine, right? And Michael, we were talking about this too. Michael rides it more frequently than I do, but my best girl and I will ride the Metro, the the subway trains in D.C. We'll take the bus sometimes because there are a couple of bus routes that are very easy for us. And we'll and we got our little Metro cards, you know, and uh, we will do that sometimes. Privatized. Uh, generally speaking, that makes things better. He, in this case, uh, uh, uh. All right, and Bobby, Bobby asks, what's the hardest part of your job? What is easier, radio or TV? Um, this is a, a funny thing because we're Michael and I were talking about this too. I don't think my job is hard. <laughs> I don't think my job is hard. I've had hard jobs in my lifetime. And uh, this, quite honestly, the radio show is a pleasure. It's a joy. 
I love doing the radio show every day, five days a week. Uh, and uh, 15 hours of uh, live radio a week is not hard. I follow the news. I've been following the news for decades. I try to tuck as much of it away as possible so it's readily available when we're talking about various topics. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and television. Now, I've got to say, doing what I'm doing on Newsmax is new. A panel show, right, where I'm the center square, right? Uh, and uh, and, um, and there are uh, different people. The people change uh, at the table. And so it's new. Been doing it for how long now, Michael? Uh, six or seven weeks, and um, and I, I, I've got to say, you know, that's not hard. Again, I've worked on a freight ship when I was seventeen. I set up tents for a tent company. What was that called? BDI at Milwaukee Fest, and uh, you know that they used to use elephants for that, and you know that was a hard job. Um, I've done delivery for uh, Lord and Taylor, uh, going from store to store, driving a a van and delivering stuff from store to store and to people's homes. And, you know, that, uh, and, and CNN, I worked uh, 12 hours a day for CNN for a whole lot of years. Uh, and, and it was a very demanding and, and it could be a grueling job and traveled all over the world. It was a great job, but it was harder than this. Uh, this is, this is a pleasure. So what is the hardest part of my job? I guess it's just gobbling up all of the bile uh, every day. Uh, but I've learned to laugh it off. So, uh, but but that's got to be the hardest part. It's just gobbling up, having to consume so much awful news. But again, I've been doing that all my adult life. So you you develop like a police officer or somebody that works in the coroner's office. You know, you develop a sense of humor. Uh, combat troops. You, d- you have to develop a sense of humor about uh, certain things. And what's easier, radio or TV? I um, television is more complicated. There are a lot of complications that come with television that are not present in radio. So um, I will say not that it's harder, but that television is more complicated than radio. And I just consider myself to be a lucky guy to be uh, doing what I'm doing, um, even blessed, honestly. So uh, any, anybody that would complain about this um, should go get a hard job. You know, I've worked in... Uh, restaurants. I really only one pizza place in Santa Barbara that my friend Chet owned, and um, and that was hard. And delivered pizzas for it was a pizza place, and I worked the tables and the kitchen and delivered, and uh, that was hard. That was harder than this. I've done. A, I did landscaping in uh, Santa. I didn't think that was hard. It was physical, but uh, it was fun. You know, digging trench, trenches for putting in sprinkler systems and yards and and uh, doing stuff. That's hard. Roofing is hard. That's hard. This isn't hard. So there's our mailbag, uh, our mailbag questions. Did I answer them all? I think I answered them all. I think I did. All right. Let's get uh, let's get back to the to the big uh, news of the day. Um, yeah, I had uh, you know um, as a teenager a lot of lot of different jobs, and uh, now again when I was 17, I was working on a freight ship in the Gulf of Mexico. Kind of got chased out of Chicago, <laughs> only for a little while, but it was uh, hard going to Costa Rica on a freight ship. My uh, my cousin, who was uh, we later learned was uh, a CIA officer, got me the job on the freight ship, uh, working for this freight line, 
And it was a cover job. It was a front job. It's not like, oh, I'm with the CIA. Here's this job. at the. He was uh, allegedly working for this shipping company that was going back and forth uh, ships to Latin America. And uh, said, yeah, I can get you a job shipping paint with a hammer on a, on a ship. And it helped me to stop being, uh, you know, a punk. It was like my version of Captain's Courageous. A great story and a fun movie. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, a troublemaker when I was a teenager. And I was, uh, it was uh, my mother and others intervened and said, you know what, you need to go do something. So I went away for a little while. When I came back, I had my head on much straighter, much straighter. It was good. Good thing. All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to the audio. Uh, enough about me. Sit here and talk about me. Some people, they sit on the radio and they talk about themselves all day long. Me, I'm much too modest and humble. All right, now more about me. Just kidding. All right, let's go to Mike Pence. Mike Pence. Let's go to soundbite number three. Um, talking about Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden uh, thing. And uh, oh, I do want to share this, too. The, uh, the Washington Post, the Washington Post, right, has a, a story. And uh, Joe Gabriel Simonson uh, notice this. It's the kind of thing that I notice a lot, too, but I want to give Joe Gabriel Simonson credit for pointing it out on Twitter. The Washington Post declined to name Hunter Biden's girlfriend who illegally threw out a handgun across the street from a public school. Now, let me uh, read the story. The Washington Post has the, the gun purchase, talking about Hunter Biden and his, his getting away with everything yesterday. The gun purchase that led to the criminal charge happened in late 2018 at a time when, by his own telling in his autobiography, which they all read like it's the Bible, Hunter Biden was regularly abusing crack cocaine. When he filled out paperwork to buy a gun, however, he denied using drugs or having a drug problem, exposing him to a potential charge of making a false statement on the document. No, actually... Uh, They said, notice how they use very gentle ginger language, exposing himself to a potential charge, right? Making a false statement. No, if it were Trump's kid, he lied and violated federal law, right? Then they continue as the PR agents for the Biden family, as well as illegal gun possession, possession once he acquired the weapon. Biden owned the gun for less than two weeks, comma, because his then girlfriend threw it away according to public accounts of that time period. Now, his girlfriend threw it away. What they leave out is that his girlfriend at the time was Hallie Biden, his brother Bo's widow, because Bo had died and Hunter moved in on the widow and was having sex with her. By the way, while he was having sex with his brother's widow, Hallie, he was also having sex with his brother, Bo's widow, Hallie's sister. The sister of Hallie was also getting the Hunter Biden sex machine action and nice family, huh? Honestly, you guys should make movies in the San Fernando Valley or someplace uh, like that. So, and uh, the, uh, the New York Times has a story today by Michael S. Schmidt and Adam Entaus. They're both dedicated Democrat Party stenographers from the DNC steno pool, 
right? And um, they uh, they quote his uh, lawyer, Christopher Clark, who tells all kinds of, oh, this is over with, right? And the New York Times has it here saying, with the announcement of the two agreements between my client, Hunter Biden, and the United States Attorney's Office for the District of Delaware, it is my understanding that the five-year investigation into Hunter is resolved. Well, uh, David Weiss, the, uh, the uh, uh, U.S. attorney in question, said, no, it's still ongoing. But his lawyer lied about it, Christopher Clark, and then the New York Times faithfully carried that lie forward. So they'll all be shocked when they find out that's not the case, which they already know but they're happy to lie. And they describe in the New York Times, Mr. Biden, a 53-year-old Yale-educated lawyer. Maybe he should get a job as a lawyer instead of a pimp. Uh, But uh, is that what he is? Is that technically what he is? And uh, they say, New York Times, he went into a downward spiral after his brother Bo died in 2015. Now, when was he kicked out of the Navy? Because he was kicked out of the Navy for repeated cocaine abuse long before his brother Bo died in 2015. But the New York Times, and I cited this earlier today as well, the New York Times and the rest of the media are pretending that his brother Bo's death was so tragic to him that he started boffing his brother's widow, and that's when he started uh, becoming a drug addict, and that's simply not true. He was kicked out of the Navy. When was he kicked out of the Navy? In 2014, he was kicked out of the Navy for repeated cocaine abuse. And I believe he had to get a special waiver from uh, people in Congress to get a commission in the Navy because of his previous drug use before that. So it's another lie. But they're looking for the sympathy vote here. Oh, his brother Bo died, so he had to start smoking crack and having sex with his brother's widow. That's uh, pretty creepy. Creepy and crazy. Uh, So Bo died in 2015, becoming addicted to crack cocaine and engaging in tawdry, self-destructive behavior. Yeah, okay. But it didn't start then, let's be clear. And that's not a cause and effect situation as they are presenting it. Uh, Also, the New York Times says today, in his statement on Tuesday, Mr. Weiss, David Weiss, the U.S. attorney for Delaware, Mr. Weiss said Mr. Biden, meaning Hunter Biden, had earned more than $1.5 million in each of 2017 and 2018, but failed to file income tax returns despite despite owing the government more than $100,000 each year. Wait a minute. That goes with the Joe Biden soundbite, doesn't it? Talking about the rich not paying their taxes. Now, what percentage? More than $100,000. Let's just say $100,000 because if it were one hundred and fifty, they'd say that. Uh, what percentage of that? That's one-fifteenth of $1.5 million. I think everybody pays higher taxes than that. You may recall Joe Biden getting all upset about this. Guess what? You know what, pre- you know what percentage they pay in taxes? Rich people. 8%. E-I-G-H-T. E-I-G-H-T. I pay a hell of a lot more than that, man. So do you. Yeah, well, $100,000 on $1.5 million is actually less than 8%, but uh, let's not get all caught up in who killed who. Not a thing. Just amazing. Just amazing and appalling. The news media, when you got the news media in your corner like this, it goes a long way. And then you have members of Congress quoting the New York Times. Well, 
He became a drug addict after his brother Bo died in 2015. Well, he was kicked out of the Navy for repeated cocaine abuse in 2014, and it didn't start there either. That's fine. And little income tax problem. And they write it down in the New York Times, but don't notice. Wait a minute, 100000 on an income of more than $1.5 million? Gosh, I'd like to get his accountant. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Now, we played the audio earlier today of Hunter Biden. Again, the New York Times and the rest of the media peddling this falsehood that Hunter Biden went into a downward spiral after his brother Bo died in 2015, becoming addicted to crack cocaine. Here is Hunter Biden talking about smoking crack with then-D.C. Mayor Marion Barry while Hunter Biden was a student at Georgetown University. Marion Barry, he, I, you know what? I, I actually smoked crack with Marion Barry. I swear to f- God. Jesus. I was in Georgetown, and he used to go to a place right next to the guards, <clears throat> and I was a sophomore, I guess. There was a um, junior when that happened, but he used to come there and drink like late, late. Sophomore, a junior at Georgetown University, and he graduated in uh, 1992 from Georgetown University. So in uh, so that 1990 or 1991, he's smoking crack with Marion Barry, and the news media is peddling this sympathetic lie that he didn't start smoking crack until after his brother Bo died because he was so traumatized that he had to start dating his widow. That's uh, That's your Democrat party, isn't it? It is. The lies the Biden family lies. The New York Times and the Washington Post carry the lie forward. The rest of the news media follow the New York Times and the Washington Post. The big lie is spread everywhere, repeated a thousand times. Uh, Let's take a uh, quick phone call. We don't have a ton of time, but let's go to John calling from our dairy state, Wisconsin. John, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm great, John. What do you say? Awesome. Well, I just had a comment to make. Uh, uh, I just wanted to say about uh, Door County. I'm up in Door County. My wife and I have retired. We're actually from the Chicagoland area originally. In fact, uh, I went to Loyola Academy, which wasn't too far away from your high school. You're absolutely right about that. Yep. (laughs) So what's going on in Door County? Well, you know, it's beautiful out here. It's absolutely gorgeous. You know, it's cooler by about 10 degrees than Chicago. Uh, but my point was about the earlier comment you mentioned about uh, something about illegal aliens up here. Yes, yeah, you bet. Uh, well, they have a big problem up here because they don't have enough uh, workers, enough uh, employees uh, to hire. I guess people don't, you know, want to make twenty-two bucks an hour around here. It is rather rural, and uh, during the winter, of course, it's like completely dead. But during the summer, there's like a million people up here vacationing. But I, so but, I'm, but I'm told, I read that there are, Ill, I'm running out of time on you, uh, sorry, John, but yeah. uh, but I'm told that you're being flooded with uh, illegal aliens, non-English-speaking, is that true in Door County? 
I haven't seen it. Uh, they need people, though. You know, they need students or whatever. That's what they're using right now. Yeah. Well, the uh, yeah, there are plenty of news reports about uh, Door County. I know it's a beautiful, beautiful place being flooded because of, you know, Biden policies. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 